and welcome to a, another episode of I Own a Business, where we focus on helping practice owners grow the practice of their dreams. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Argo, and I have with me Dr. Carrie Geed. And Carrie is the founding partner of Eola Eyes, which is a private group practice that's actually won several awards. They're out of uh, Orlando, Florida, and they have a clinical focus on contact lenses. And when we were talking before with some of our friends at, at Bausch & Lomb about doing a podcast on building a a strong contact lens practice and, and who we should talk to. They said, you should talk to Dr. Carrie Geed. So here we are. How are you? I am great. Thank you. It is such a privilege and pleasure to be with you. I uh, I follow your podcast and listen all the time and, and know that I am in really an esteemed group of, of experts and industry executives and so forth. So uh, I hope that I can lend something to the conversation that that's valuable to our colleagues and members of IDOC and people outside of IDOC. So thanks for having me. Yeah, and I, I'm certain you will lend a lot of value, um, Carrie. There's a lot of interest in our profession in in innovation, and I I think that's a good thing in things like specialty care, new technology, and a lot of ODs will tell me that they may be at a point where they're struggling with the business or they're not financially where they want to be with the practice. And, and they might ask, what areas should I in, invest in? Should I get into myopia management? Should I buy an IPL? Where should I go? That's It's a great discussion, but I, I think sometimes we overlook the basics. And in some cases, it's just, maybe you should just see more patients, you know, fill some of those empty slots, sell more glasses. Let's get back to the basics, but also maximizing the value of the patients you already have. And I, I think that's where our focus is going to be today is I, I like to say getting patients to invest into their vision, but that sometimes requires a strategic approach. But one of the ways we can do that is, is through a more strategic approach to contact lenses. And I, I do want to mention something. You gave me permission to mention this number, but I, I think it's a it's a relevant number on this topic. And it it's not the only reason this number is is impressively high, but I'm I'm sure this plays a big part in it is, is your strategic approach to contacts is you have a, a $750 average revenue per patient, which is very strong. It's, it's well above the industry average. So that being said, the first question I'm going to ask you is a bit of a softball. It's going to be so easy. You're going to think it's a trick question, but it's not. So here it goes. Dr. Kerry Geed, you just saw a contact lens patient. You fit them into contacts, finalize the prescription, send them home, and then you send a survey to their house. And on that survey, it said, how satisfied are you with the contact lenses that you got? And there's three checkboxes. There's not satisfied, satisfied, and very satisfied. Which one would you like for them to check? Very satisfied, Steve. You want very satisfied. So I was looking at some of the data that we were provided before we, we got on. And one of the data points stood out to me, 59, only 59% of contact lens wears report being very satisfied with their contact lenses. And that's not great, but for me, it also highlights opportunity, right? A lot of those people that come in, and I, I think we kind of quickly rush past the satisfied. How, how are you doing with your contacts? Yeah. yeah, they're fine. Okay, great. Refit them in the same thing. But there's a lot of opportunity there to take those people that would be classified, I suppose, as satisfied into a very satisfied. So that, can you just speak to that on in terms of where do you see the biggest opportunities in a, a contact lens practice. Steve, you touched on so many good points there and, and you are right that some of our best opportunities are right there in our lap. I mean, there's amazing technology outside of the basic optical and, and contact lens practices that we all run, but but some of our, our 
most prevalent and uh, I think abundant opportunities are right the, the those patients who are in our chair daily for their you know quote unquote routine annual or some you know somewhat regular contact lens exam and and uh, I think part of my and really my partners and our overall practice strategy has always been to just it just is natural and flows in our conversation to offer new technology to patients. Every patient every year, whether it's my first experience with them or my 20th year seeing them, uh, is that I always say it's part of my job, you know, to let, let you know what's new or different in the world of contacts. And we always offer the opportunities to try things. Uh, we ask every patient without exception for the most part, uh, if they're interested in trying contact lenses. Uh, daily lenses didn't instantly become 70% of our practice. And I know there are practices that do even higher percentages of dailies, but that's where we're at now. Uh, but that's just been a, a, an organic build by just simply talking to our patients and, and sharing the, you know, the invitation to try new things. And, and, while, of course, and I, you know, you and I in our careers, we've seen tremendous growth in the options and different modalities, particularly daily disposables and just the parameter ranges that are available in contact lenses. But we are really at a, a an exceptionally good time to have that conversation. I know historically there are people who would say like you'd offer contact lenses with for you know for fear of saying the or for fear of the patient saying yes, right? You know you 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 almost didn't want to to dive into that with a patient with dry eyes or ocular surface issues or whatever. And and uh, with the products we have available now, it, you know oftentimes we can meet those needs and, and patients are coming to us wanting that advice. You know, I know you referenced the statistic of how many people are really satisfied. Um, you know, I've, I've read some industry data that says somewhere, somewhere around 70% of patients want their doctors to offer new technology. And, and that's so often not happening, you know, the, the metrics on who's fitting say multifocal contact lenses, as an example, uh, despite the, the really robust, you know, portfolios from, from really just about every company and, and many product lines out there, uh, you know, we still have so few of our colleagues, you know, kind of leaning into that and, and meeting those patient needs. So I, I think the opportunities are really, really endless uh, in contact lenses. Is there anything in particular that you find that motivates people to change? Because this is always one of the there's a few struggles there with contact lenses that are probably, we probably make worse than they are. And, and one I think is our own. It's, it's the time aspect. Just like you yes. said, it's like, I, if I'm running behind, if I'm busy today, I may not even bring up contacts, which obviously hurts the business, but then there's also the motivation from the patient to, to change something. Cause a lot of people, and this goes with glasses, with contacts, like a lot of other things, you know, Comfort is the enemy of change, right? So if we if we're satisfied, we might be okay. We might be comfortable. Is there anything that you've found in in your process of communicating with patients, working with patients that that prompts them to be willing to make a change? And is it just try? You mentioned like you giving them permission to sort of just just try these out. There's no pressure. Is that the trigger that moves more people? Because we're going to talk about moving them. I think in your case, because you're seventy percent daily disposable in many cases, probably out of a different modality into daily. What does, so what, what is your approach with that? Yeah. You know, it, it's, I find that it's been really interesting in recent years. I feel like the tide has shifted, at least in my experience, where the, the concept of dailies was really kind of struck people. They kind of caught them off guard. It made it you know, been a bit foreign that that was even a thing to, to discard your lenses, lenses daily. And now, uh, 
almost all patients are at least familiar with that. I find my new wearers, you know, that they, when they come in, whether they're a 13 year old kid with here with mom or, or honestly a 50 year old executive uh, that, you know, we, we rarely mention a non-daily option to new wearers at any age or stage. And, and they really kind of expect that. I, I think they'd be almost more surprised if I offered a replaced, you know, a frequent replacement lens. So, so I think that, you know, for one, uh, you know, we have to recognize that people really know this is out there. You know, they're they're not, they want us to recommend it, but they're also aware that this is a thing. Uh, and they're oftentimes, I think, longing for that. Like, we're not the first to plant this seed as much anymore. We might be, but, or I might've planted it five years ago and they're finally like, yeah, you know, I, I, I think I'm ready to try this year. Uh, and I used to say that about my LASIK patients all the time. You know, they'd, they'd think about LASIK for years before you pulled the trigger. And, and it wasn't an instant gratification that you did this consultation, referred them, did your co-management and they had LASIK. I mean, it, it was it was a bit of a journey. And, and sometimes that's the case in contact lenses. Uh, but you know, we take the approach of offering and, 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 you know, just try, like you said, I think that is a big part of it. It doesn't feel uh, like it is a lot of effort. It doesn't feel like it's a lot of chair time. Uh, um, I think to back up a little bit, uh, part of why that happens is you, how you choose to run your practice really efficiently. You know, I think we all know those metrics that you have roughly 40 minutes with that patient, or you're going to, you know, the return on that investment of time, they're, they're not going to spend as much They're, You know, they've got to get back to work. They have to get back to life and you're on to your next patient. Uh, so you have to be efficient every step of the way that includes the contact lens fitting and that whole experience, the discussion and the offering. Um, but I think a, a big thing that has surrounded our success is that we really try to make it easy to do business with us at every step of the process. And that may be scheduling your appointment online, texting us, uh, doing your online intake form so you don't have that dreaded pre-appointment paperwork that means your 11 o'clock appointment started at 1115 because you had, you know, three pages of things to sign off on. Uh, you know, I think people underestimate or sometimes overlook how valuable our EHR and uh, and contact lens manufacturer or distributor partnerships are helping us with contacts now. Uh, I've seen just in the last few years and, and you know, the EHR that we use, it, you know, it, it directly syncs with our uh, contact lens distributor. So, with rare exception, do we ever have to go in and enter a, a contact lens parameter to place an order? I, I mean, everything just talks to each other. Uh, you know, when it comes to patient ordering, you know, we partner with a distributor that even, you know, we want them to order year supplies. I think we'll probably talk a little about that because that's an important topic. But uh, even for that part-time wearer who might just need one box every six months because they really do love their glasses, but they want contacts for special occasions, they can order one box and have it shipped to them for free. And they can order it Sunday night at nine o'clock from my office when I'm surely not there. So there are so many opportunities to, to build efficiency into our practices now. And there's so many support, you know, aspects of that in the industry uh, that, you know, a few extra minutes of chair time really doesn't net out to to even a longer patient experience the way that you can craft your practice. So I think that's a really, for us, been a really, uh, you know, a mindful and intentional, you know, journey to to make everything as seamless as possible uh, along the way. There's a couple of great points there. And one is the efficiency point. I think we really have to think about that when we're 
trying to drive any aspect of our practice. I had a, a we did a podcast a while back with Dr. Selena McGee, who has a, a big dry eye practice. And I asked her the same topic. You only have so much time. She's aware of these numbers, the 40 minutes and, and all of that. And she says, well, her response was, I'm never not doing something. So I think they taught us in school, right? We go in, we do a long case history, then we do all kinds of tests, then we sit down and we educate. We really have to rethink that in the time frame we've got. So she's like, you know, there's an art to it where you're, uh, you don't want to be doing too much. You know, the eye contact is important and all of that. But she goes, I, I'm doing my best to constantly work, ask questions, educate, inform through the whole process. So I get a lot out of that that chunk of time that I have with the patient. And then is just such a great point on, on making it as simple and frictionless as possible, because we can make it really complicated if we wanted to. And so I, some marketing things I had read before, would, if you're starting a business too, two of the top things that are attract people to businesses from a B to, more of a B2B standpoint. But if you can show people how to make money, that was number one, right behind it. If you can show people how to make something simpler and that, so it's so key to be able to, to present things in, in a, um, in a simple manner on the, there's a lot of value to the dailies if we stay on that to the business. And I'm mean, one of the things I'll always look at is the life, just contacts in general, the lifetime value, because they're coming in more often. I mean, it, it's hard. We want patients to come back once a calendar year, right? But that's just not as important to them to come in yearly. But what is important to them is when they run out of contacts and that drives them in more often. So there's that, there's better compliance. But as, from the patient standpoint, is there anything with dailies that you focus on with the patient to drive more value for that option? Uh, yes, Steve, I think you're, you're right. I mean, it goes without saying for the practice, you know, those are... Are, are very real and tangible numbers to us when we know that those patients are the most compliant and the, you know, both with their disposal schedule and their frequency of returning their lifetime value to us is best, but, but, you know, conveying a patient facing and patient friendly message, you know, selling for the sake of selling is, is a, I feel like a miserable existence. You know, I, I was trained to be an optometrist. I love what I do, uh, but I could never look my patients in the eye and sell something just because it's going to benefit my bottom line or anything else. I, I just couldn't do that all day. So I think, you know, our, our, you know, journey towards such a heavy daily disposables practice, you know, it's certainly been supported by the great products that are out there. Uh, but really just genuinely knowing that and, and seeing all day, every day that these are my happiest patients, like they really are the ones that come in compliantly, happily, you know, they might embrace newer technology, they might try a newer daily, they, they might be, you know, becoming presbyopic, and now we need multifocals. Uh, so it's not that their journey has ended just because they went to a daily disposable even five years ago. Uh, but that, you know, they, you feel that for your patients and, and your new ones who are trying to share that experience. I, I always say, like, let it sell itself. You know, I, I am never here to upsell you on something that doesn't bring you value. And, and, you know, I can say that with confidence and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. And I think my patients really do see that, you know, that genuine, you know, the integrity of our, our approach and, and uh, you know, we give them the opportunity to try and uh, it's kind of an age old strategy, but one thing I employ too, that isn't, isn't my day in day out thing, but for those, particularly for those hyperopic presbyopes that want to shop for glasses and, and really can't see what they look like and sure they can take a selfie and they can FaceTime their daughter and all the things, but I'll pop on a pair of multifocal contacts on a patient so they can simply, you know, shop an optical and, and be able to see the, you know, the, the frame 
details and things. We have a great optical boutique and a lot of our frames have really, really neat characteristics and, and really, you know, it's nice to be able to see those. And as a president of myself, I can appreciate more and more how miserable it is to, to shop and not be able to read the labels. Uh, so anyway, you know, even little things like that of showing people the, you know, that they can wear them or the minus eight patient who wants to shop for glasses that, you know, well, let me just pop on some contacts for you. And, you know, you can see, and, and, and it just feels very, uh, it doesn't feel hard, you know, when, when you just believe it, you can, you, so I tell my patients, you know, that, that these are my happiest patients, my patients, you know, in my practice, as well as, you know, industry data and study after study supports that our patients who wear dailies, they're always the happiest. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's a, just an easy flow to have when you see it and you believe it. And, and I would hope that among our colleagues, that's really what they do see, even if they're smaller percentage of dailies, having that conversation and just, just telling, you know, telling every patient that this is, this is why you believe in this. Um, they want your advice. Don't, don't prejudge them. I know we've talked about, you've mentioned it, Steve, we all talk about how we normalize things. And we're talking to patients who, uh, you know, oh, I'm fine. You know, they, they, that satisfied patient that you mentioned earlier on, you know, oh, you know, the, the tech has done their workup. They've, they've checked the boxes, no discomfort. You know, they haven't come in kicking and screaming. So, you know, we'll keep them with the status quo. Uh, you know, those, those patients, a lot of times really have normalized the, the eye strain they've experienced, the, the dry eyes they've experienced at their screens in particular, and, you know, offering them that technology that you know is going to bring them value. It just feels like a regular part of your day without a sales pitch. It's, and it's a really powerful message when you reference other people, because you were talking about how routinely the patients that you fit into this modality are the happiest patients that you have. And I find that a lot of people are interested in what's working for others. I, I find that in my own position because people will call me. My my role is is helping members. And, and a lot of the advice I give is derived from years of, of having the privilege of working with so many other doctors like yourself and just observing what works, what doesn't work. But I found that question really interesting because it would come up so often. People might call me for help, but then say, what are all the other doctors doing? So there was a lot of interest in that social proof and what's working for other people and more of a long game aspect here. But that what I'm hearing too is something I think any practice should work toward is, is continually building that loyalty and trust. Because when you say, this is the option I recommend, I think this is the option that worked best for you. Trust plays a major role. I, I just had a conversation yesterday with a friend of mine. And he's not in our profession, but he was talking about his experience with his optometrist. And he says, I, I hate to say this, but he goes, I don't really trust my optometrist. He goes, I don't distrust him. But if he tells me to do something, I'm not necessarily going to be bought in right away. Where my dentist, if my dentist says to do something, I'm just like, okay, my dentist said I need to do this. So I need to do it. So you've had the benefit of, of building that over 20 years. You you just mentioned 20 years before was uh, you had an anniversary at, at your practice. So congratulations for that. But I mean, I, I would assume you would agree with that trust component in all of this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you do build that with a patient. You It doesn't mean you have to have seen them for 20 years to have established that. I think your, your staff starts to instill that from the very first interaction that they have. Um, perhaps even your website or your scheduling process, you know, even, you know, starts to, 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 set the stage for what that patient is going to experience with you. Uh, you know, the cleanliness of your office, the, the 
you know, technology that you offer, just how that whole experience goes, I think builds that. And then of course, as we come in, it, you know, and, and as data shows, it doesn't take 40 minutes of doctor time to tell them, you know, why they need to be confident in you. You've built that with the way that you communicate, the the way that your practice has, you know, set itself up in that patient's mind. And and yeah, I mean, I I think that it goes leaps and bounds to you know, come back to us with those loyal patients and it makes our lives just so much better day in and day out where you're just, you're talking to friends and and seeing that patient again this year and you're asking how their daughter's wedding was last year, you know, and you're talking about contacts too. And it, but it's that, that return value and that loyalty of patients uh, is huge. And and I think as you tap into the contact lens part of the discussion and, and telling them about new technology, I know one conversation and question that comes up to me and I'll see it posted on maybe different forums and things is, is how do you, you know, from a business standpoint, how do you make it work with contact lenses and, and, you know, justify contact lens fitting fees and all of this. And, and, you know, you have to give a patient a reason why you charged them that fee. I mean, you you do owe it to the patient to to at least explain that and not just simply do your slit lamp exam and do the things that we know are a little above and beyond for a contact lens wearer. But, uh, you know, offering that is all part of that experience. Even if they don't change lenses this year, I think that that, you know, patients pay us top dollar for our for the experience they get in our office. And I was reminded of this recently, just last week, we had an, a leak in our office and it thankfully wasn't anything major. And one of the joys of owning your own practice and owning your own building in particular is that you get to play janitor and handyman and all the things, right? And so I had a, a leak detection company come out and paid a flat fee of $650 for this tech to be there for 20 minutes and tell me I had a bad valve on my hot water heater. and. I wrote the check and and he left and I then had to call the plumber who was going to to fix the the actual problem and, and you know I kind of thought to myself dang $650 for for 20 minutes with this guy you know and and, and that's just and and it just was a good reminder right of like he had the knowledge the experience the training the equipment to to come up with that diagnosis and and you know we sometimes sell ourselves short right that 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 patient is coming to us because we have this knowledge and and you know fees are our time is valuable uh but we also need to 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 show the patients that we've earned that to some extent and and that may be in the form of offering new technology or or whatnot so uh you know i think your business model, so to speak, or your business plan as it relates to contact lenses is certainly, you know, you look at the profitability of contacts and dailies versus reusables and and some of those things, but, uh, you know, the fitting process and the fees that you charge for that, you know, when people are quick to say, oh, you can't make any money on contact lenses, uh, or they're just a commodity or whatnot, or I'm all my patients are going to the internet anyway. Uh, hopefully none of that's really true. And I don't find it to be true uh, overall, but, you know, if you've, had that service experience and that that pay that payment for their contact lens fitting I, I mean it still should be a win for you it's it's a practice builder and and a profitable relationship in that regard yeah and i think it's underrated but going back to that loyalty and that trust i think people really do want to do business with they like and people they like and trust so i i think there is a some offices do struggle with that no doubt they have more people walking out the door than than others and they're going to get a little jaded in their thinking and thinking you know, this is just how things are. 
but strategically you can get in front of that. I, I, I truly believe that, that people still want to do business with, with people they know, like, and trust. And the, I want to apologize real quick too. I've, I've been losing my voice. So I feel right now, like a 14 year old going through puberty. <laughs> I don't know if it's coming through on the thing, but I'm a little scratchy. Uh, um, sounds just fine. <laughs> I'm sure the listeners can, would back me up on that once this goes We'll see. Yeah, I keep waiting for that high pitch, like screechy thing to come <laughs> out or something, but we've made it this far. You alluded to uh, before to annual supplies. So maybe this might be a two part question. What is your approach to that? Because that's where some offices struggle as well. They And there's genuine concern over people buying a three month supply, a six month supply that they're going to get that supply there and then go somewhere else. And once they right. go somewhere else, you've lost them to the yeah. internet because I'm, I'm, I've never bought contact lenses over the internet, but I'm, I'm, pretty sure they make it really easy for you to keep doing it once you're in their system. Right. Yeah. So what is your approach to that? And then part two of this, and we talked about this before, and this part's difficult training your staff, because this is not something you can really do on your own. When we get, when we truly get into the sales part there, you're done, you've, you've fitted them. You, they tried on the new context. They like it. You've wrote the prescription and now, um, we're talking about annual supplies, or maybe even when we're talking patient comes in, the technician working with the patient in the pretest room who says that they're having some dryness or irritation with the contacts they've got. The staff is involved with this at different yeah. points. So, and that's not easy. And I, I don't know if there's a practice out there that doesn't struggle, especially these days on that leadership component and staff training and making sure that everybody's on the same page. So um, it, what is your approach to that? So again, annual contacts, staff training. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think one key thing, and, and this is, I think an age old recommendation that, that we try to remind ourselves of and, and, you know, staff training never ends. Right. And, and just like our continuing education goes on, our staff needs to be reminded of things. Uh, but we always work under the assumption that the patient is going to get an annual supply. Uh, you know, like it may not happen if we certainly know that this patient is going to be a part-time wearer. We may we'll note that so we you know kind of take tailor the approach accordingly. Uh, but it's we just present present that checkout process with where would you like us to ship your annual supply? Is this your address? And here's the rebate and and I think that is by far the the most direct, easiest to train. Still needs reminders at times, but you know, just this is our protocol for how we do this, uh, and I think that's one key part of it. As opposed to the alternative of, well, your vision plan covers two boxes. Would you like two boxes, or would you like me to tell you what the cost would be for more, or some version of that conversation, right? Uh, and it kind of shocks me, but I think that there are a lot of places, and I think. It probably is not because the staff is trying to do anything wrong, but they've probably never been educated and empowered to do differently. And, and, you know, if we look at our team and someone who's, you know, having this interaction with a patient and, and certainly to them, understandably, a hundred bucks is a lot of money. And, and they're oftentimes prejudging, I think, what a patient might want to do. Uh, I find that despite the economic struggles of recent years, uh, patients are more open than ever to, 
to daily disposables and and the somewhat higher cost of that. So uh, I think the minute I start to prejudge things, my opticians are quick to remind me, you know, I, we were talking about pricing on new uh, progressive eyeglass lenses recently. And I was like, wow, you know, it just did kind of strike me as, wow, these this is a big investment. You know, this is just the lens before any treatments or upgrades or refrains. And and they remind me, you know, that it, it is and, and that's okay. You know, patients understand. So um, when it comes back to the annual supplies, you know, just working on the assumption and having that conversation right from the start that they're going to get an annual supply oftentimes sets you up for success in, in selling that patient annual supply. Um, the other thing that's huge uh, is rebates. And, and I would hope that all comp uh, practitioners and offices are really um, training their staff to, to take advantage of those options and opportunities for patients because it's a great opportunity for a patient. And, and you know, you can oftentimes generalize, uh, you know, especially on a premium daily disposable uh, with the lenses of, that are lenses are, of our lenses of choice, uh, that they're going to roughly pay for nine months months and get a full 12 months of lenses. I mean, it's a huge difference. Uh, and they might qualify for a small rebate on a year, or on, excuse me, on a six month supply. Uh, but most of the time, there's a huge incentive for the patient uh, to get that annual supply. So we talk about that. Uh, the other part of that that I think is really key, and I think this does oftentimes come from me, the doctor kind of setting setting the stage for this right from the start, is that, you know, again, with that expectation in mind, the patient's going to do this anyway, is just that this really is easy for them. We're not, we're not trying to do something that serves us and not serves our patients. And that, you know, that just gets to the heart of all of this stuff for me is like, I'm not trying to sell anybody something that isn't good for them. You know, it's going to be easy three and six and nine months. Contacts are just there ready to go. And you don't have to call me or email or go online and whether it's through my office or not, just have them. And so I, I think it's just, we just kind of, assume they're going to get that. We talk to them as if they will we mentioned throughout the process that, yeah, hey, it's just easy. You're just going to, you know, your boxes all kind of sometimes joke. Your boxes will take up a little more space than your, you know, previous monthlies or two week lenses or whatnot. Uh, but it's, it, it really, it really is, I think, uh, a pretty streamlined process when you just assume it's going to go that way. And I think when you deal with these on the fr front end, you, you get less re price objection or re rejection or pushback on, on the back end. I, I think sometimes the assumption that if I don't, address these things now, if I don't establish the value, if I don't understand, and a lot of this too, is the reason I think a lot of times things feel salesy is because you haven't taken the time to fully understand the patient. You want to not feel salesy yeah. doing something, ask more questions, understand yeah. what somebody's primary concerns and needs and motivators are. And then once you do that, two things happen. One, it ceases to feel salesy because now you just feel like you're helping somebody. Secondly, presenting the solution becomes easy. It becomes much faster because now I'm not giving you a 15 minute spiel on why you should do this. I'm spending two minutes telling you what I can provide that's going to solve your problem. So was it, um, it was an Albert Einstein quote that said, if I had 60 minutes to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes learning about the problem and five minutes solving it. Yeah. And I, I've always looked at things that way. If we just take more time to understand the patient, then that that solution gets much easier because now I'm just targeting what's important to you. I'm not trying to give you 15 different things. You know, that's yes. that's what we call yeah. the feature dump, right? In in yeah. sales. 
Yeah. I'm just going to give you a bunch of things, hoping something sticks. But the problem is I'm giving you maybe two things that stick and 13 reasons to not buy it. Like, why would I pay for all those things when I'm, I'm not going to use it? So a lot yeah. of that is just that, that understanding. So I want to close yeah. out here, Carrie, with, um, you know, we, we always try to keep this non-commercial, but our good friends and, and vendors at, at Bausch and Lomb were um, gracious enough to set this up and I'm, I'm glad they did. So I want to give a shout out to them and just anything you might want to add. I, I know you've used some of their products and, and, feel free to, to, to put a little plug or shout out for anything yeah. you use. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Steve. Yes. I, I have a great relationship with Bausch and Lomb. I've had the opportunity for many years to work closely with them as they've launched new products and even tried things before uh, they've come to market. And, and one lens I had the opportunity to try and, and we have loved since it has launched is the infused multifocal lens. And, and, you know, they have this they have incorporated these ingredients. They call it pro balance technology. But really what that means is they've they've looked to this, you know, glo these global experts and, and the TFOS dues to report that we all in practice know and 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 reference with our dry eye patients and, and what we do for them. Uh, but these you know, this is a lens that has really delivered maximum comfort and, you know, for patients who have struggled with their contact lens wearability and performance, uh, we just have both in a sphere and a multifocal, a, a great product to offer them. From a multifocal fitting standpoint, we have, I think, what is, in my opinion, the easiest lens to fit that we've ever had in a multifocal. Uh, it has, you know, they, they this is not a, a new design for Bausch & Lomb, but I, they're three-zone progressive, as they call it. Uh, but they they have really, I think, uh, brought the the best uh, iteration of that to the table with the latest Infuse. It works well in other modalities and with Ultra, and, and they did it previously in BioTrue. Uh, but Infuse has really just been a game changer in our practice. And, and uh, I think for people, you know, the stats on who's trying multifocals in our profession now are still, still a little... Uh, low. And, and I think if you've hesitated to embrace multifocals, uh, this is one that, that you can, can dive into and, and feel confident that you're uh, going to have some great success with patients, both from a wearability comfort standpoint and a vision standpoint. Uh, it's been, been just a, a great and welcome addition to our uh, practice and patients. Perfect. Well, thank you for that. And yeah, check those lenses out. Um, this was great. You said at the beginning, I wasn't sure if I'll add value and I can now confirm you've added value. <laughs> Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks, Carrie. Thanks for Bausch & Lomb for, for setting this up. Definitely check out some of the lenses that, that Dr. Geed mentioned. Thanks to uh, Dr. Geed. And uh, if you'd like more information about iDoc and how we work with ODs to help them grow their practice, you can find out more at iDoc.net. So thank you for listening.